Hello, this is Stephen Lee with Logan Capital, and I'm here with the update for our large cap growth portfolio for the third quarter of 2021. And so far in the, uh, in the third quarter, the economic recovery coming out of the healthcare crisis continued to, re continued to recover. In many ways, the, the pace of growth and recovery actually slowed down a bit during the quarter. Um, however, from a market perspective, one of the healthier things that we've seen, and this is consistent with our outlook for the quarter, was that we saw the, um, the, market and the, the market begin to broaden out and reward companies beyond those initial uh, FANG stocks, the Facebooks, the Amazons, Apple, Netflix, and really start to begin to discern what companies that weren't those well-known tech names had management teams that had put in investments in technology and investments in their business and ideas and processes that would really allow them to be more resilient going forward and to be able to deal with what is now uh, a changed environment for many industries as we go through. So one of the things we're looking at um, is when we look at earnings and the earnings results and sales of our companies is not so much how they did when the economy shut down or the artificially high recovery that ha um, from from the reopening process that we're still engaged in. But rather, we think it's very important to start judging companies on where they are now versus where they were in 2019 before a lot of these, a lot of these issues emerged. And we think that'll be critical as we move forward. So, you know, one of the things that we have seen is the economic numbers continue to come in solid, and I think better than many of us would have imagined when we were first uh, entering into this healthcare crisis. Um, but Gradually, we've all also come to realize that the economy was probably a little more resilient and many businesses more resilient than we could have imagined several years, two years ago. Um, so those results have actually become less surprising. So as now the bar for achievement in terms of earnings and sales is getting higher. And so we think that it's going to become a more discerning market um, as we move forward as the surprise factor from just recovering and being able to execute work from home engage in online sales becomes sort of an expectation, not, uh, not something you know, that was un unexpected before. Um, that being said, foundationally, the global economy, um, the US in particular, is benefiting from unprecedented, both monetary, in terms of the Fed stimulus, in terms of keeping the banking system functioning, as well as fiscal government spending, um, the PPP, supplemental insurance. All those things that really kept a lot of the bounds and the infrastructure within the economy together um, through, these, through these times. That being said, um, if you look at the U.S. and you compare what the U.S. did, and this the graph over here shows the U.S. and the global economies, compares what was done for the most recent crisis, the COVID situation, versus the global financial crisis in 2008-2009, you can see the amount of fiscal stimulus dwarfs um, what was done and the cycle. In fact, our analysts had the opportunity to look at that over a longer period of time, and it actually dwarfs things, such things as World War II. So we've seen unprecedented fiscal response. And with the result of that, particularly in the US, where we've had a little bit more success in terms of the reopening process, vaccinations, than many of the other countries around the world, um, we've actually seen a much um, faster recovery because we had both the, the spending, the fiscal stimulus, which retained the connections between employer and employee in many cases. Um, so the, it was easier to kind of re relight those, uh, those relationships as the economy recovered. That being said, you know, we also had the progress in the healthcare, which wasn't so much going forward. So we've actually seen the U.S. outperform. We do, however, think that the rest of the world will catch up, and we think there's opportunity for our, co for our companies as those consumers continue to reenter uh, the world.
So, uh, you know, the employment picture certainly improved dramatically from where it was. We had a massive spike in unemployment as, 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 the, uh, as the economy had to shut down in response to the crisis. And then we saw one of the most rapid recoveries in terms of employment. In fact, in, within the last year, we've, seen, we've gotten new employment levels that took years to get to after the global financial crisis. That being said, we do think we're now getting to sort of the heavy lifting in the economy, the easily, the easily returned jobs, the businesses that got through the crisis were able to reconnect with their employees. Now we're getting to what we think is kind of the heavy lifting or the harder jobs, those jobs that may not come back, those positions that aren't quite working. So we would not be surprised and are not surprised at the recent numbers where the growth and the improvement in unemployment um, is taking a little bit longer. Um, again, though, you know, these are levels that, frankly, were took years to go, uh, years to recover um, in the last crisis. So we're not unhappy with the progress. And in fact, it does ref it is certainly reflected in the market because um, the cycle and the economy has proven to be much more resilient. That being said, um, what we did see during the last quarter, particularly towards the end of the quarter, the overall sense of uncertainty certainly has 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 gone back up. Um, a little bit in terms of the rise of the Delta variant, in terms of you know what is the proper guidance out of the healthcare, uh, you know best dealing with the healthcare situation, what does the what do those next several months look like, even with a vaccinated population, and then of course you had uncertainty rise on the political front, um, out overseas in China, the change in attitude in China in terms of growth and what their priorities were certainly caused a little bit of a pall on what once were really growing markets and perceived to be growing opportunities for many companies. Um, on a global basis. Then you had supply chain shutdowns because of you know, resurgence in the health and coronavirus. And then here in the US, we ended the quarter with you know, the, the possibility of a government shutdown or default on debt payments. All these things um, increased uncertainty, which we think caused investors to step back, many businesses to maybe step back. And let's just see what things happen on the regulatory front, the tax front. So we have seen a little bit of uncertainty. And so we saw the markets pull back um, a little bit towards the end of the quarter. That being said, we've been very pleased with the performance out of the growth portfolios, certainly been able to draw, uh, generate positive performance and certainly um, you know, outperform the broader benchmarks. That being said, we did see some pullback here at the end of the quarter. So now we'll have to see those issues resolve, and we think they will as the year progresses, but we would not be surprised to see volatility until that uncertainty becomes less uncertain, becomes more known. Um, that being said, we look at the labor. A lot of, a lot of uh, a lot of discussion is being bad about how hard it is to find workers. Many businesses are having trouble filling positions. Um, so we have to then step back. Well, is it because of word full employment? Has the workforce participation rate gotten to that? So if you look at that longer term, it seems like we're, we're plenty of room uh, in comparison of workforce participation before the healthcare crisis. So when we do think some of these structural supply chain issues, some of the challenges families are having with childcare, as those resolve, we do think there is room to improve and we do think there is an untapped pool of labor that will get there. That being said, right now, higher wages, inflation is certainly something that we have to be aware of. The other thing we are keeping an eye on here, though, is business optimism. And immediately before um, the healthcare crisis, you had business optimism at record highs, um, you know, going back multiple decades. Um, we had record highs. Businesses felt it was a good time to expand. You were seeing a lot of investments. In fact, a lot of those investments in technology, frankly, due to that um, very high level of business optimism, that investment in technology was probably a big contributing factor to how we got through, um, got through the current situation and shutdowns better than we would have expected. That being said, 
with the increased uncertainty, the uncertainty around tax rates, um, we are seeing a little bit of um, a little bit of a pullback on business optimism that could have an impact on future hiring. It could have an impact on investment. It's something we have to pay attention to. Um, that being said, though, if you look at manufacturers, they're certainly seeing their orders come up very dramatically. Um, and that, that is a time when inventories, because of shutdowns, were at all-time lows. So you have new orders, uh, reduced inventories. So there is a lot of demand for manufacturing activity. And as a result, we, are, we do expect to see good hiring and good wages within that sector. Um, that being said, one of the things that we really keep an eye on here is the long-term picture. And throughout this, our clients that know us well may have noticed we haven't had to make a lot of massive changes within the growth portfolio because at the end of the day, we think the events of the last two years have accelerated trends that we believed were already in place. Um, you know, there's certainly we have some concerns about inflation and candidly, before, um, before the recent developments, there were some concerns of you know, tariffs and would you have inflation, you know, would, would the economy become slightly less global? Well, one of the defenses against that, best defense of that, is focusing your energy on investing in companies with unique products that their customers um, value that they're already charging a premium for. So if you do have increased costs, these companies should be able to pass those costs through because their customers are already accustomed to paying a premium. And on the same side, we want to avoid those companies that really don't have pricing power so that if energy costs or transportation costs become a problem, um, they won't be able to pass those through. We've seen a lot of our companies, you know, Lululemon is a good example, they've been able to offset through price increases the cost of shipping, air shipping, and been handling um, supply chain issues that where there's continued demand for their products that their customers really value. The other thing is we did want companies that were making aggressive use of technology to understand how their industries were changing. Again, companies like a Williams-Sonoma, a Restoration Hardware, where they've really digitized their business to exporting goods. Um, you know, they've really been able to meet their customers where they are, which gets to the, uh, the last factor here in terms of our big picture thinking for inclusion in the portfolio, is even before the recent developments, um, we were in an era of changing customer expectations, be it on the consumer side or on the business side. And we want to make sure that we have companies that have the willingness to invest to meet their customers where they are now and where they will be in the future. And as we move forward, we think that is um, very important. So where we look at the opportunity set now within the market is, you know, what we've always said, we want companies nimble and forward-looking management. The other thing is that customer behavior has changed and the job market has changed that you really need to look at who's buying the, your business's goods and are their customers also nimble and forward-looking. Do they have customers that have been able to figure out how to work from home, how to continue to be engaged in the economy through some challenging times? Um, the other thing is we actually want to have those customers and the businesses be aggressive of users of technology. So we think the opportunity is where nimble, nimble and forward-looking companies with nimble and forward-looking customers um, are using technology to be able to adapt and, and work in a changing environment. And that's where the opportunity is. And that's where the portfolio really, frankly, has been rewarded um, this year to date with businesses that have been able to do that. Um, we're certainly going to have to keep an eye on pricing because we're, you know, there are a lot of indications of inflation. Right now, our team thinks a lot of these things may prove to be transitory. If you think about lumber, it went up and then had came down as sawmills opened and, and you were able to get wood 
uh, you know, get wood supplies back and to meet construction demand. Um, that being said, we will have to keep an eye on it. You know, energy costs are certainly a present here. Labor costs, depending how wages. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of possibility for some longer term pricing levels. And I think there are two debate. You know, we think there are two debates. Is this a one time increase in pricing, or is this something that will continue to grow? And um, the, you know, we think it'll be a little transitory. That being said, we are preparing the portfolio and the companies for the idea that we may have more sustained inflation by focusing on companies that have unique, comp unique products with pricing power that their customers value. That's the best defense. Um, so, you know, certainly consumers, you know, we certainly have to look at the consumer spending here. Some consumers are feeling the impact of inflation from a higher food costs, higher energy costs, higher housing costs. Um, there is a bias to the portfolio, to the slightly more affluent consumer, which is consistent with how you, one would position themselves in an early stage economic recovery. Right now, it seems like the, the customers of our businesses have been able to navigate those challenges and continue to uh, engage the services of, of our companies, and so far, so good. But it's something we are keeping an eye on because it does represent a long-term risk. Um, that being said, one of the things that we've seen here is that U.S. Uh, US disposable income has started to return to normal. Um, so, so that's good. Um, personal balance sheets and personal savings had really accumulated. Um, you had many workers that were able to continue to work from home, work remotely, but with the economy shut down, there certainly was less spending going on. Um, we now see spending in a lot of ways returning back to normal. You can particularly see it here where spending in services is starting to recover. We've, for a while, there are th goods, furnishings, home improvement, construction, things were doing quite well. Services, travel, restaurants were, were lagging. Now we're starting to see services recover uh, again, and we think that's a healthy sign. And again, it's showing a consumer getting back to normal. We do think there continues to be significant pent-up demand in the economy. Um, and again, for those quality goods and those well-managed businesses that are meeting their customers where they are, which gets us to our outlook. Coming into the fourth quarter of the year, um, personal and corporate balance sheets, bank balance sheets, very good shape by historical standards. Household net worth has benefited in aggregate from recovering markets, recovering real estate. Um, so customers generally, our business consumers are generally feeling fairly good. Again, we've seen a little bit of fall off in consumer confidence due to uncertainty, but we're again, we're not sure that's going to be a long-term trend. Business formations have actually started to recover. You're starting to see entrepreneurs start businesses, fill needs that aren't being met replace some of those businesses that faced real challenges uh, over the last several years. Um, the other thing we always like to remind people is the demographics in the U.S. are very supportive of, uh, of forward-looking growth. Um, the millennials are the largest demographic group here in the United States. They are at the age of household formations, which means starting families, getting married, buying homes. That is a very constructive period for spending and very stimulative to the U.S. economy. And if you think about this year, we saw some of the big moves there in housing and other issues that really represent that demographic doing what you'd expect them to do over time. So we think that's a nice cushion going forward. So good balance sheets, recovery of employment, um, nimble, and generally a surprisingly nimble workforce and business environment and the demographics we think is a nice foundation as we look forward. Um, that being said, we're going to keep a very close eye on the consumer and confidence and business spending, um, as well as innovation and adaptability. We think that industries can change much faster now than they did, because um, frankly, in general, the adaptability of the, um, uh, of the economy is much higher. And many businesses are running at productivity levels they, they've never seen before. We're at peak productivity. So 
so as we start to see in uh, earnings and the recovery come through, um, you know, we should see things. We think that this pause over the summer in terms of the markets and in terms of the economy may be kind of the pause necessary to reset, um, figure out the path forward. So, you know, we're kind of calling it a pause that refreshes. Um, and, you know, again, this consumer confidence number right now, it looks pretty good. Though if you look, it did take a little bit of a dip. Still good, but took a little bit of a dip. We're going to have to keep an eye on that. Um, not concerning, but something to be um, mindful of. The other thing that we're um, happy with is earning expectations have sort of come off of those really high and what we thought were unsustainable levels, you know, coming right out of the recovery initially to more sustainable levels. Again, it will be those companies that have the technology and the productivity. So if you look over here, earnings growth is returning to trend, to, to long-term trend, which we think is very important. And in terms of the market, because I think often one of the questions we get from clients is, well, has the market over-discounted? Has the market gotten ahead of itself? Um, and so we think a lot of the move in the last year or so was really the recovery of, okay, we can open up, you know, the expectations there. But now what we think we're going to get support is the actual earnings results are going to come in. And the nice thing about this quarter is we have seen the vast majority of our companies come in and produce better than expected earnings. So we think those earnings are going to provide a valuation uh, floor or support for market valuation. So again, we continue to be fairly constructive on the market and the opportunity there. Um, you can see manufacturing, the quality manufacturers, the companies that have those valued products, they are raising prices, so that we think is good. It's very good defense for some of that feared inflation, also the cause of some of that inflation. Um, and we are seeing wages, wages surge, though that being said, we are seeing a moderation in the growth of wages, um, which, you know, on one side, the higher wages are good for the consumer. It creates more people who can buy more goods, but it's a fine line between creating a strong consumer and, and having margins really evaporate on the earnings side. So it's a balance we'll have to keep an eye on. Um, that being said, what we are seeing now is more manufacturing is coming into the U.S. and we're seeing investment in automation here in the United States. And that more automated manufacturing process will be more efficient, more profitable, which will allow those, the company to pay those workers who are in that, on those businesses a little bit more and sustain that wage, wage inflation. So we do expect productivity much as information services businesses really benefited productivity from doing video conferencing and Zoom and not having to travel, um, using digital portals to relate with their customers, we think we'll see some benefits of that in manufacturing, which should offset some of the cost pressures. So right now, um, our bias is that we did have a little bit of a short-term pause here while, while we had to deal with some uncertainty, but the economy still seems to have the potential for growth. Um, and we are positioned that way very carefully, but positioned that way going forward in the growth portfolios. So thank you for taking the time. If you'd like more information, please feel free to contact your Logan representative or visit us as our website, logancapital.com. Thank you. And as a reminder, this material represents an assessment of the market and economic environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. Forward-looking statements are subject to certain risks and uncertainties. Actual results, performance, or achievements may differ materially from those expressed or implied. 
Information is based on data gathered from what we believe are reliable sources, it is not guaranteed as to accuracy, does not purport to be complete, and is not intended to be used as a primary basis for investment decisions. It should also not be construed as advice meeting the particular investment needs of any investor. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Indices are unmanaged and investors cannot invest directly in an index. Unless otherwise noted, performance of indices do not account for any fees, commissions, or other expenses that would be incurred. Returns do not include reinvested dividends. The Standard Poor's 500 is an unmanaged group of securities considered to be representative of the stock market in general. It is a market value weighted index with each stock's weight in the index proportionate to its market value. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted average of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks, primarily industrials, but includes financials and other service-oriented companies. The components, which change from time to time, represent between 15 and 20% of the market value of all NYSE stocks. Rebalancing and reallocation can entail transaction costs and tax consequences that should be considered when determining a rebalancing reallocation strategy.